and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Angley Flores, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 307. Just want to say thanks to everybody who tuned into last week's show. Thanks to everyone who tuned into a certain sound snippet of me voicing my opinion of our situation at the moment. We've got one game to review this week, plus the week that was. I think we need to jump into it, Mr. Levy, Let's straight away. So anyone who's listening to this probably seen the video snippet and heard Paul last week say that he thought uh, the club was going through a mini crisis. We obviously put that out as a soundbite last Monday. Had a huge amount of engagement with some people saying, you are totally overreacting. Some people saying, you are spot on. Some people saying, there is no crisis. A week later... Well, almost a week later, I think it's probably a good place to start. Do you feel that you were right to say it was a mini-crisis? Was mini-crisis the right word for you to say? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, you could argue blip is probably another one, um, but a blip, it, blip is usually a short-term thing. This you know, We're talking about six games um, where we haven't won, so it, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to say it when you're quite emotional about... Um, or passionate, should I say, about the subject matter that you're talking about. So everyone's talking about their passion. We love the club. We want the club to do well. There's no question or a doubt. Been accused of being happy clappers on this podcast. We are a happy clappy podcast. And then you balance that out. And sometimes we are super positive because it's been terrible at times, what we've seen, what we've been through. And the only thing to do is to look at it from the brighter side of life, really. Um... And here we are in a situation, yes, we're top of the league. Yes, we've had a brilliant season. The team have set our expectations and we've seen the performances that the team have put in and we're not seeing that now. Um, So mini-crisis was in relation to the fact that we had injuries. Separate to that, we had suspensions uh, from players being silly, getting bookings. Uh, We always knew that that might catch up on us, but we've had uh, red cards now. Uh, we're talking about a lack of transfer activity when we needed to support through injuries, long term and some short term. We needed to react quite quickly, and we hadn't seen that. Yep. Um, and the fact that we had only scored one goal in six games, and that was, thank God, it was a worldie. But we're not scoring them every week, so that was a one in a blue moon type situation. Um, we're not scoring tap-ins. We are reliant on outstanding contributions to score yeah. goals and to win games. We are not doing tap-ins. We're not scoring from set pieces. We're not piling their box, pummeling their box with crosses and someone's getting on the end of it and we're scoring headers and tap-ins and that kind of stuff. We are reliant on outstanding moments in games to win games of football. And when that isn't happening... You're not winning games of football, and that isn't happening. So yes, I do believe this is a mini crisis, and people look up the definition of crisis, mini crisis. If you're just going to look at it and hear hear me say crisis, that's that's not right. That's not what I said. I said mini crisis. It's a mini issue for us. It's not massive because in the grand scheme of it, we're still top, and we're still 14, 15 points from the top playoff spot. So we're comfortable at the moment. But like Nigel said, like Richie said in interviews. You can't let complacency set in. Yeah. Because before you know it, you turn around and look at the end of February, that 14, 15 point gap might be two or three. And then, then what? And you're still not out of that mini blip, as people were saying. So yeah, if you don't do something about it, it then becomes a problem, a big problem. Then it becomes a crisis from a 
promotion perspective. Like, we're far away from where we were five, six years ago. Yeah, of course. Far away. But in isolation about this season, yeah, I stand by that. Good stuff. I think you've articulated yourself very well. I'm sure we'll get plenty of views on that one. So let us know. Let us know. Do you agree with Paul? Are we in a mini-crisis? I saw some tweets today that said, yeah, Paul was absolutely spot on. And yesterday's Mm -hmm. result, which we'll come on to, obviously... I think that's uh, underlining the underlines that fact. Some people still say no, it's not a mini crisis. That's We're still fine. fifteen points clear. So real interesting but that's uh, fine. debate there. But that's absolutely fine if people disagree with the fact that I think we're in a mini... That's absolutely fine. It's fine that people agree. It's fine that people disagree. It's fine that people want to challenge it. I've got no issue with that at all. That's my opinion. Yeah, as long as people stay respective and don't get abusive on socials, we are all here and for it. But I thought it was worth mentioning that in the opening part of the show when we spoke about last week. So sponsorship then. Carol Langley sponsored the podcast. They are based in Chinkford, specialising in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world and can do anything from a simple thank you to weddings, bar mitzvahs, christenings, you name it, they will do it for you. And they also offer 15% off to all those fans and staff, and that could be a massive saving on whatever you are after. So if you're interested, you can get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists. You can call them on 208 529 They are also on social media, Carol Langley E4, or you can find John at Biz on Twitter. They're also on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and you can also find them at Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. And don't forget everyone, Valentine's Day is coming up very soon. Don't get yourself caught out. Carol Langley are the florists for you. Absolutely. So we're going to move on as always to the Supporters Club with just one trip to tell you about this week, which is Tranmere next week, uh, the 28th of January, leaving the Supporters Club at half past eight in the morning for a three o'clock kickoff. The cost for that is £42, £39 for concessions and kids travel just uh, for just £21. Uh, there's a £3 surcharge for non-members and all children must travel uh, with an adult. And obviously, they don't. those prices don't include your match day ticket. So to get in uh, on these coaches, you need to call the travel line now, 07507 539 579. That's 07507 539579 and also just to remind you that the star man is coming back this year after a, a period of um, leave not not being able to do these uh, events Monday the 1st of May date for your diary Prince Regent Hotel Chigwell prices are to be confirmed um, by the supporters club but very much looking forward to that hopefully that is a celebration of us getting promoted be it as champions or otherwise but just being automatically promoted out of this uh, this division, hopefully that will be what we're celebrating and I intend to book the Tuesday off work. <laughs> Fingers crossed that uh, is a great night, as the last one was that we had. So yeah, it was. Moving on into the busy week that was down the Orient. Happy Monday, 16th of January. We'll start the week by saying a happy birthday to O's director, friend of the podcast, Mr. Matt Porter. Hope he had a great day. Absolutely. The club announced that the away fixture for crew has been rescheduled. That's now happening on Tuesday, the 7th of February, with a kickoff at 7.45. Yeah, long journey, that one, on a Tuesday night. So let's move on into Huey at Tuesday, the 17th of January. And at 3pm, the club announced the second arrival of the January transfer window with the news that centre-back Jamie McCart had joined the O's on loan from Rotherham United. 
until the end of the season. Yeah, Jamie said, as soon as I heard about the opportunity here, I was extremely interested. I like to defend, I like to do the basics well, but of course, I like to get on the ball and play. Having spoken to the gaffer, I think I'll fit in very well. I want to come on, help the team, impress as much as I can and get games. Looking to get as much playing time as I can. Yeah, Richie went and said we're delighted to welcome Jamie to the club. Someone with a brilliant left foot, dominant in the air, ready to hit the ground running. Jamie comes with a winning mentality, having won trophies in Scotland and his experience is something that will be a big boost to the team. So I must admit, when I saw that, I was like, all right, decent championship player. Got a big move or a decent move to the championship club on a three-year deal in the summer. So, you know, decent player. I was happy with that signing. Good age. Good experience, done the uh, Scottish Cup double with St Johnston less than two years ago. So obviously he doesn't play for Celtic or Rangers, done it with a much smaller club, which is a hell of an achievement. So he's obviously got something about him, talented obviously. And I finished by saying in my notes, as I made these on Tuesday, saying he and Thompson will be a good centre-back pairing, you'd think, away at Stevenage. So, you know, he's played in big games, he's tall, he's obviously played against some really good players in the Scottish Premiership um, so I was really happy with that one decent pedigree uh, your thoughts on that one Mr Levy? Yeah I, I'm inclined to agree with you um, he for me uh, looks like a good quality signing on paper good pedigree and as Richie said uh, he's a winner hope he doesn't get injured obviously that's not something that we want to see him and Thompson could be the first choice pairing now and I, I finished my notes by saying that maybe Beckles has got a bit of a fight on his hands to get back into the squad if he impresses. Yeah, good point. Because he hasn't come here to sit on the bench. He's come here uh, to get games. Um, he last played um, in the FA Cup at the beginning of this month for Rotherham, uh, which is, I think, one of the um, players that Martin had alluded yeah. to <clears throat> Excuse me, on the ITV interview that he did, that someone that had come on and played 15 minutes. Um, he'd played uh, for Rotherham in the Championship at the end of December, uh, but he's not played that many games. He's made 11 appearances, including yesterday, so he's not had a lot of game time this season. I, my argument to, to, to this sign, my counter-argument to this, is that whilst on paper he's a good signing, is he the signing that we need when we're trying to go for something big? where a player hasn't played that much, should we not potentially be pulling a player out of a League One club and signing a player like that in January, like a couple of other clubs in our in our league have? You know, I, I, I hate to sound like the negative voice completely <laughs> throughout, happened to you? throughout 2023, <laughs> but do, do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's not played a lot of games. I just hope that the, the, the quality in him is, is there for us to see. Good point. Obviously, happy out... For the foreseeable. Yeah. Les, a left-sided defender. And happens out of contract at the end of yeah. the season as well. So that would be an interesting one to see what happens there. Beckles was suspended. So in their absence, obviously, Ed Turns came in, who we spoke about last week. Jamie McCart obviously joins them. So now you've got, essentially, Beckles, Thompson, McCart and Turns, four centre-backs playing for two centre-back places. Two right and two left-footed. Yeah, as so well. good balance there, yeah. but I know I know what you're saying. It would have been maybe, I, I guess, a sign of more ambition if you're pulling a player out and giving, laying some money down to pull someone out who's ready to go and has actually played 20, yeah. 25 games Someone who's in the last Although, six months of their contract. Someone who's played 20, 25 games. Exactly right. But I think Richie has gone and said that they won't sign a player from another League 2 club. Right. I don't. I, I agree. Which And I think it'd be very difficult to pull out a defender who's playing currently League 1 football. Yeah. To get them to come to a League Two club, yeah, 
if you put the right contract, if you put the right contract in front of them... Well, money talks, doesn't it? Correct. Absolutely. I'm sure if you put the right contract in front of them, barring that we're not breaking any rules, obviously. This is all well and good that we're playing football manager, like, in our our homes, and not actually running the club and looking at the spreadsheets and the P&L and... And the balance sheet and what's on there and what we can do and what the rules are and we don't like we're talking completely freely without having any knowledge of what the FFP specifics are. Yeah. And we just play a fantasy football manager really here. Yeah, but that's with what Orient, with Orient as our, our club of choice. That's what we can do with podcasts. Pod oh no, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I think it's fair to say that uh, most people are quite happy yeah. by this signing. I am happy with that as a signing. I would just hoped to have had a player who's played more games this I, season. I was more, let from me, a match sharpness and fitness perspective. Let me put it this way to you. I was a lot more happy with the signing of Jamie McCart and no disrespect to Ed Towns. Yeah, I agree. But I was a lot happier with McCart signing. Yeah. And Ed turns. turns, and obviously yeah. we're going to come on to Saturday's lineup, um, and we'll talk about turns and both of car. But I think it's fair to say, yeah, lots of happy people. Both see, so Ben is based in Scotland, so I think Ben knows a bit more about this player than most. He said a massive well done to Richie and Lingy for getting Jamie in the building, a left-sided defender who is a Scottish league and cup winner and has plenty of experience for Scottish clubs and was a product of the Celtic youth team. Looking forward to seeing him play. Now I wonder if he knows Theo Archibald. Because obviously Theo came out of Celtic's youth team, so maybe there's a connection there as well that hasn't been um, touched upon yet. Yeah, very good point. Uh, Casey Adams, LOFC, said, It's great to have a bit of experience at the back. Feel like a replacement for turns because there's no way Thompson will be getting dropped, in my opinion, unless Wellens doesn't want Thompson to play too many games too quickly and risk another injury, which is also a good point. Yeah, good point. Charlie underscore Paul said, A great signing for us, in my opinion. A left-sided centre-back who can play fits in with the star perfectly and a great experience despite only being 25 years old. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on then to Wednesday the 18th of January, a late Orient 11 took on a strong Brentford side in a behind-closed-doors friendly. Uh, we lined up with burning goal, Light Sweeney. Light is the new signing, yeah. um, if everyone remembers Ethan, Ethan, yeah. Ethan Light. Sweeney, we had two trialists, Soji, a trialist, Craig Clay, uh, Harry Smith, Obiero, a trialist, uh, to finish that and after going in goalless at half time unfortunately we lost the game 3-1 our only goal coming from one of the trialists yeah so good work out there for some players who got 90 minutes under their belts important yeah absolutely Thursday the 19th of January it's interesting normally you get rumours of trialists and you get rumours of who you're going to sign I've got to say this week's been incredibly quiet no rumours about who the trialists were no one called McCart or very few people called McCart before he had signed which I quite like that although uh, <laughs> so if you remember, about three weeks ago, when Richie said we were looking at defenders, he said it's a championship defender. He's not been really playing much, who they were looking at when he'd done the interview for ITV Sport, uh, and said it's a 15 minutes defender in who's in the current squad for his current team, and basically didn't give names. And our sponsor from Town & Country, Harlow, uh, Charlie, basically went and done some Columbo-like detective work and actually sent us Jamie McCart's name. Agent Paul, well done. And pulled it out. So well done there, Charlie. Some amazing, amazing uh, work there from yourself. Unfortunately, we didn't take too much notice of it, or I didn't. (laughs) Otherwise, I would have been more on the ball with that one. So Thursday, the 19th of January, the club announced, as did League Two and every other team in the division, that the final day of the season match away against Bradford City has been moved. It will now kick off at 12.30pm on Bank Holiday Monday, which is the 8th of May, due to the coronation of His Majesty King Charles III, which takes place on the original game day on Saturday the 6th of May. So hopefully there'll be one, one big, big promotion party down at, is it Valley Parade? 
It's Valley Parade, isn't it, where Bradford yeah. City play? Nice big stadium, so should be able to get at least a good amount of O's fans there. A bit of an early kickoff. Uh, would have preferred the Sunday. I think. Agree. Like League One fixtures are being played on the Sunday. League Two half twelve and the Championship after the League Two game. So ridiculous! Like, why not just have it? Like, what is the? Yeah, really silly. I I imagine it might be TV right somewhere because normally Sky Sports are showing the goals as they go in on the final day of the season. Do do League One at at twelve thirty. Do Orient. Do League Two at three. The Sunday. The Championship on at five thirty. It's too logical, mate. Too logical. I'm sorry to bring such logic to to such a logical situation. (laughs) Right. The club also made a bit of a surprise one here, saying Ethan Coleman had been recalled from his loan at National League side Bromley pending a permanent transfer away from the club, which was later confirmed to be that he was joining Gillingham for an undisclosed fee where he'll be working with former manager, who's now turned director of football at Gillingham, Kenny Jackett. Yeah, I've got to say, I was slightly surprised by this one. When the news came through that he'd got a move uh, away, or permanent move away, I was like, oh, it must be another conference club. I thought like a higher end tier of the conference, maybe Southend, I thought. But... Amazing, he's got to another League Two club for an undisclosed fee. So I imagine we're trying to make a bit of money back. Um, and what we spent on him, I think, re- reportedly, I think it was like 80 grand, wasn't it? Give or take. Allegedly. And on a two and a half year contract. So he got a good contract. So we started the contract for another year and a half. So makes sense uh, to get rid of him. I mean, he came in. Don't forget, he came in at an awful time to come into Leighton Orient. The club was in steady decline. Awful January transfer window. Team low on confidence, couldn't buy a win. Had big weight on his shoulders. I think, you know, I'm not going to go and quote Nigel Travis, but there were some quotes on the young man's shoulders that should never have been put on his shoulders at all, just to add pressure to him. Uh, and, you know, Kenny Jackett, as much as it didn't work out from Orion, I think Kenny Jackett knows a good player. I think we signed enough good players in the summer where he took over, so, yeah, where you've yeah. got to respect that with Theo. That's right, Paul, Paul Smith. Smith. You know, so he thinks there's a player in there somewhere. And Ginnigan aren't no mugs. They've also made some very good signings along with Ethan Coleman. So Jackett's doing a good job there. Just hopefully he doesn't come back to haunt us at any point this season. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, good luck to him. Didn't work out for him with us. Hope he can kick on with his career. Just obviously not against us. Um, but yeah, I think um, you know there, there probably is a player in there. And you're right, Kenny Jackett can sniff a good one out. Yeah. He knows he knows one that's got the talent and the ability. Um, and it's just see if Neil Harris wants or sees him in his plans there um, but you're right two and a half year contract big contract yeah imagine considering it was at Kings that we put, plucked him out of Kings Lynn yeah. for about 80 grand and just also just to cover a lot of people like they've paid a fee an undisclosed fee doesn't always mean that money's changed maybe we did take some yeah. money back on him and then a, a smaller percentage of a sell on fee for example yeah. instead of 20 we took 15 and took 30 grand back for example I don't know I don't know numbers I'm just throwing random numbers out there but an undisclosed could be appearance bonuses could be relegation safety bonus yeah. Could be uh, if they get promoted during his contract time. Could be any number of different variations or variables um, that we could get bonuses for. Yeah, interested to see how he gets on. We'll obviously be keeping a close eye on Ethan or Outlook Podcast Towers. Let's go on to Friday the 20th of Jan and the club announced their third signing of this transfer window as Australian-born midfielder Jordan Lydon signed a contract until the end of the season with the option of a further year and he's obviously played previously under Richie Wellens for Swindon in a side that won the title in the 2019-20 season. Yeah, uh, Jordan said the gaffer got in touch with me a few weeks ago and said that he wanted a midfielder of my calibre, gave me a chance to come in, prove my fitness. Thankfully, I've been able to do just that and I'm delighted 
to be back in first team football. Yeah, Richie went on to say, Jordan is a really good footballer. I've worked with him before and he knows how I want my sides to play. He's got nearly 60% win rates in the matches that he has played in League Two. He knows exactly how to win games of football at this level. Gives us a bit more depth in midfield and he can play as both a four and an eight. So it gives us both experience and flexibility in the area. He's a fantastic character with a point to prove, settled in well already and will be keen to push those in front of him. So your views on that one, Mr Levy? Uh, I don't remember him playing against us um, in that promotion um, season, but someone I know said they do remember him and said that he was very, very good. Um, injuries aside, there's obviously a good quality player in there. Um, just hope we get to see it. You know, we've signed someone else who's had got a point to yeah. prove. I quite like that aspect. Paul Smith had a point to prove. Yeah. Harry Smith had a point to prove. Drinan, Archibald... All these players that we signed, Tom James to an extent, had a point to prove, have a point to prove still. So um, hopefully we can keep him fit. Hopefully, you know, a la Paul Smith, in that Paul had injury problems last season. We've managed to manage him properly so that we're getting the best from him, wrapping him up at times, getting him off early so that he doesn't yeah. risk injury. And hopefully Jordan can prove to be the player that we need that's going to spark our season. Um, just would have, again, to my point earlier, would have just liked to have had a player coming in that has that kind of match sharpness, that match fitness that can push us on and, and, and keep us up the top. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, not a bad signing at all. I think it's quite a low risk one, you know, until the yeah. end of the season. He was obviously without a club, so I don't think he'd be on too much money or would have been too difficult to negotiate with. Richie obviously rates him. You know, Richie isn't a mug when it comes to players, so it's, it's I think you can basically put this down to being a Richie Wernan signing. Yeah. Right, as much as as much as what people want to talk about link within this window. Um, keep him fit. Might be on to a winner. Obviously, we'll come on to Saturday's game, but I imagine what happened on Saturday means he's going to be involved uh, a lot more next Saturday yeah. than what it was yesterday. But yeah, no risk for me. Decent. Hopefully, there's a quality player who can be a little bit fitter than what he has been here. Yeah, you're right. It's a very low risk signing because he's been on trial with us. He's proved his fitness, so he's not not yeah. injured all the time. And yeah, he's probably not on top money, so it works for us. And he probably has got some sort of back end loaded. Like if we get promotion, then we'll give you a bit more money. Trick or something is he, like I think that. I think he's got another. I think we have the option for, to extend it by a year. I think okay. I read, which is down on us. So you know, yeah. if he does well, then we've got first port of call on him, which is good. a good thing. Kid Sampson, I tweeted this and said, very good player if we can get him on the pitch. Low risk signing because of the length of contract, but he's a croc who has barely played a game for years. I reckon we'll get half an hour out of him before the end of the season. <laughs> nice one there. Good so, hope. Also on Friday, the club published their normal pre-match interview. So Richie spoke pre-Stevenage. Uh, two points to note out. He said that QPR Loney, Stephen Duke McKenna would miss the remainder of the season due to the injury he suffered against Barrow and he also went on to say Theo Archibald who missed that match through injury would also be in the squad so I think for me when I saw that probably explained why we hadn't signed an attacking wide player I think at the time everyone thought Theo would be out for a couple of weeks obviously Theo's rehabilitation must have gone a bit smoother or injury might not have been as bad as what they thought it was so I kind of got that one shame about Duke McKenna as I thought yeah. he, he looked alright I mean obviously didn't play that much football but Looked all right in his cameo. He's obviously had a role to play, but there's been no official announcement that he's gone back to QPR. No. I expect that follows at some point this week if he is indeed out for this season. But a bit of a blow, and obviously leaves us short, even though we've just signed um, Ardent. Sounds like a different type of player to what Duke McKenna is, so leaves us even shorter 
than what we are. If you look at the creative midfield aspect of the club, you've got Paul Smith, who's been brilliant. Theo Archibald has been brilliant, but obviously coming off the back of an injury. And George Moncur, who hasn't looked fit for, what, the last month or two? I'd take them out. Obiero, yeah, but Obiero doesn't even make the matchday squad. And Dan and Krumer, he's not even making the bench, although he's been recorded from well in. And he was on the bench last week. Yeah, but didn't sorry, didn't they get didn't any game on. time. Yeah. And obviously Middlesbrough looked like they're really sniffing after him. I think that was a lot. Of, I think that's a lot of hot air, personally. Well, Sky Sports News reported. So when I saw the Jordan Arden uh, flick screen go past on Friday afternoon, that we'd signed him. It did say they were expected to come back with a second offer. Like sorry, Jordan Krumer, yeah. Jordan Arden. Um, so we've, according to Sky Sports, we've already turned down one offer. I don't know what the offer was for Dan and Krumer. So you imagine there's only so much money that's going to be thrown at him, um, and he must be pretty high up on Middlesbrough's list of priorities, which is odd because he's not even played any first team minutes. This is why I don't for think there's much in it. To be honest, I just think there's a lot of noise and hot air. Probably his agent trying to force something somewhere. Possibly. Sometimes these things happen. Um, but you're right. He's been at Welling. He's been at Welling. He's done okay at Welling. He's not set anything on fire. And I hope he does. Yeah. Um, but I hope he gets to do that with us. Um, but going back to uh, Stephen Duke McKenna, it is a shame uh, for him because he hasn't had an opportunity, although he probably has deserved one. Yeah. Um, and when he does get his chance, he comes on with a good few minutes to play, not just the last five. Um, he ends up getting himself injured. Uh, which is a massive shame. So I wish him a full and speedy recovery. I'm sure he's probably gone back to QPR for his rehabilitation. Although so. Keaton and, and Marvin are absolutely outstanding at what they do. Keaton is just a top-rate physio. Um, and what he does to get players back um, stronger and fitter than they were before they got injured and quicker than what people usually expect them to do is just unbelievable. So if they want to keep him here and maybe there's an opportunity for him to extend into next season, maybe, but... I suspect he'll go back to QPR. Yeah, I think you're probably right now. A few tweets once that news broke. Peter Tech E said a huge blow. Thought he would be vital against deep defences in the second half of this season. Very, very short now on creativity from midfield. Yeah, Jack Will 2310 said from the glimpses I've seen of him, he's a very decent player and I wish him all the best. So maybe this now does present an opportunity for Dan Nakruma to be on the bench yeah. and to come on and make 10, 15 minute cameos. Let's see what... Let's see what our youth product can do. Absolutely, I wish, and I genuinely would love that. I don't. I'm not knocking Dan. I, I, in my comments earlier, just would love to see a bit more of our youth. Yeah. Well, let's see if that happens, uh, and let's see. I guess who comes in this week, Saturday, the twenty first of January. Then the main event, as everyone knew, was Stevenage away. Before the game, we ran our normal Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had two hundred and thirty five votes, and you voted as follows: with twenty two percent of you thinking the O's would lose this one, thirty five percent thinking we'd get the win, and the majority, forty three percent of you, thinking the O's would get a draw. And as always, thank you for all of your votes on our Twitter polls. Yeah, absolutely. So, at 2 o'clock, the team was announced. It was announced with Vigaru in goal. Thompson, Turns, McCart and Hunt at the back. Midfielders of El Mazzuni, Prattley, Brown and Smith, with Saturiu and Kelman as the strikers. Subs for this one, Sam Sargent in goal. Sweeney, Clay, Lydon, new signing, uh, Jordan Lydon, Moncur, Archibald and Harry Smith. Yeah, that meant there were two changes for the O's from the Barrow team. As For this one, Tom James was out, suspended. George Moncur dropped to the bench. <coughs> Jamie McCart came in to make his own debut. Jordan Brown was recalled to the team. And new signing, Jordan Lydon, was on the bench. As well as Theo Archibald coming back from injury. So, Thoughts on that? Uh, th- at first, I looked in and went, that's a decent lineup. 
I was trying to work out what formation he was going to play because yeah. you're looking at it going, Thompson's a centre-back, Tynes is a centre-back, McCart's a centre-back. Brown can play right-back and Hunt can play, well, is a left-back. So maybe he's playing five at the back or three as a three, three five, at the back as a three-five-two. Uh, George Moncur dropping to the bench. It's a bit of a tough one. If there's one game where you probably wanted him on the pitch, it's probably Wade Stevenage where he's going to get a bit more time on the ball because they're brutes, essentially. Um, but at the same time, He's not been on his best run of form or look particularly fit. So I, I can see why he dropped to the bench, but you know he's a big game player and the games don't come any bigger than this one. Um, the only other thing that I looked at, and I just thought, I hope you're playing two up top because if you're playing Sotiriu and not playing him in the middle, then, then what is the point of playing him? Because he's, he's anonymous. Again, say it weekly almost on the podcast. If You, you, you can't play Sotiriu not as a centre-forward because he's completely ineffective. Yeah. Uh, your views on it? Good solid lineup, I thought. I look forward to seeing our new look defence um, and how they do. Moncur being dropped, I think it's the right decision. Give him some time to rest and to be on there in case we could do with a little bit of spark for the last 10-15 minutes maybe um, and manage him that way. But certainly starting, I, I, I disagree with you. I think that the right decision was to bench him and give him more time. Um, and let's hope that the front line... Uh, can do some damage on the bench. Uh, you look at that Moncur potential changer, Archibald, yep. Smith to come on. I think for me, I would rather have had Smith starting than coming on because you're talking about Pier Gianni yeah. and Dan Sweeney, two very, very solid and respected centre back, centre back yeah. pairing who know how to manage a game. I think I'd just like a little bit of ag that Harry Smith could bring and obviously the fact that Harry's not played for some time now, the desire that he would bring and the hunger to impress, I think it would have just equaled a pretty good solid signing with a Saturiu or a Kelman playing off of him, either one. Um, And as it turns out, he was winning quite a few of the flick-ons but there was no one there to pick it up and I can't help but think that a Saturiu and a Kelman played next to him or off of him more, more importantly would have picked up on some of that. But yeah. Yeah. Fair points there. Lots and lots of views came into us when that team got announced. Ant Wiseman twenty seven. So are we playing a back three or a back four? Yeah, Les LK fifty two said assume Thompson's at right back. Yeah, our call nineteen seventy two. So Brown in midfield is a tad worrying, which is a bit strange because Brown is by trade anyway, central midfielder. Yeah. Uh Who's done very well in midfield as well, Rob? Uh, ben Whitlock, thirteen, said suddenly the team looks completely different to a few weeks ago. Can't predict the starting formation, but it looks like we've got options to change it as the game develops. Thompson's got to start as a centre back. Looking forward to the magic from Smith. I do agree. I think Thompson is absolutely a better centre back than he is a right back. He's done well at right back at times, but I can't help but think that it's wasted. It's a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, just because he can't right play there, it doesn't mean. That... You should play him. Uh, Correct. He's, he was. I think. Well, he won. He won. Clearly, won our hero of the week uh, last week because of his performance against Barrow. Barrow yeah. He was brilliant against Barrow. Um, so yeah, not not the best choice for me yeah. uh, either. That one. Paul Ravens thirty nine. So well, it's versatile. Could go four at the back with Thompson at right back, or three at the back with Brown at wing back. I like it. Billy Carroll, GB, said, couldn't set us up more negatively than that. Looks like we're playing for a draw. Wilco 300 said, Phil for Sweeney. He's came in, played well, got dropped, and now a kid comes into the team ahead of him. Fair point. What kid's come into play ahead of him? Ed Turns. Yeah, but Ed Turns is a centre-back. Sweeney's not yeah. a centre-back. Yeah. 
in my opinion anyway. Um, Len Chin Chin Wan said, defence looks solid and good prospects up front. Midfield has to make sure they move with pace and deliver balls into the box. Essential to be clinical in the opposition half of this must-win game where goals are a must. Leiden experience could be key. Come on, you O's. Yeah, so the match kicked off in a sold-out stadium for top versus second. With the O's knowing a win, would take them eight points clear of Stevenage, but with the hosts playing to go two points behind us with a game in hand. All to play for a sold-out stadium. Absolutely, and we really didn't start this off well. Stevenage took the lead in the fifth minute. Free kick was pumped long into our half by their keeper, Ashby Williams. It was flicked on by Dan Sweeney, obviously the big target man, uh, who out-jumped Jamie McCart. Nobody picked up the oncoming Jamie Reid, who nodded home easily past Lance Vigroo from close range to give the hosts an early lead. That's really poor defending from us. Shocking. Rob Hunt had two on two had two of them, including Jamie Reid. So where where was the support for Jay, where was the support for uh, for Rob Hunt there? Um, no, shocking that nobody's picked him up. We've got to be more aggressive to win that first ball. Stop Dan Sweeney heading that on. We can't allow them to yeah. play their game. We've got to be aggressive in their faces, putting them under it. Like It's not acceptable just to allow them to play their game in front of us and then them get the ball in our box and they've had one chance and scored a goal from it. It's terrible. Uh, really terrible. I think um, we've, spoke, we've spoken about uh, slow starts. All the time. For the team, especially over the last couple of weeks. And when you're playing Barrow at home, Doncaster at home, like we have done, you could probably get away with making a slow start because they're quite tentative as a starting point against you. Stephen Easy's game plan, well, look, we all know Steve Evans, he would have said, put them under pressure first 10 minutes, it's a sold out stadium, try get and get faces. a goal, yeah. get in their faces, be ugly, hurt them. We know they don't like teams being aggressive against them. And what, five minutes in, long ball... Richie Williams would have been saying, win that first ball when it comes in the air. Whatever you do, do not let Sweeney beat you to that ball. Correct. And and Sweeney wins it so easily over McCart. And again, you could say, well, McCart's not played any football. Uh, It's not match fit. If he's he's good enough to start. Yeah, well, that's always our point, isn't it? If they're good enough for the bench, they're good enough to play in the 11. And if they're good enough to play for the 11, then they're fit enough, essentially. But very disappointing from McCart's lack of jump to two against Hunt. Stevenage won't score many easier goals. Then that goal in such a big game to concede that early, you just thought, oh, that's not going to be our day. Like already, I just thought, I'm not sure we're going to come back from this. Like already, we've only six minutes gone, and yeah. it gets worse as Jordan Roberts doubled the lead for the hosts in the tenth minute. A long kick again from Ashby Williams was flicked on by Rose to Reed. He passed to Roberts on the right. Roberts drove into the box, had Rob Hunt in front of him. Roberts moved it onto his left foot, fired a shot, passed onto Vigro at his near post, and it's two 0 and it's a mountain to climb for Oregon. 100% with 10 minutes in, that is a huge mountain to climb. And terrible defending. Hunt has allowed Reed to, to turn onto his left foot. He stood off of him and he's allowed him to get a shot away. Didn't go to him, didn't close him out. He's allowed him to do that. It's terrible defending. I thought it was a good finish. but Because he's but, been allowed to But defensively, to do that. there's so many points. Again, if you win the first ball from the keeper's kick, then it's job done. So they were winning all the first balls. Being more aggressive and Roberts, yeah, finishes it nicely. At that point, you're like you're two down, ten minutes gone. You can't. It's gonna you're gonna have to change days. something already. Yeah, yeah. bit shell shocks. So the 16th minute, nice build-up play from the O. So Charlie Kelvin get the ball about 25 yards out. His shot went over. Yeah, not far over. Decent effort. Good to see that we're shooting. But he's shooting. We've got our striker 20. Our striker 25 yards out from goal, taking a shot. Yeah. 
chance for a third for Stevenage. Jake Reeves latched on to Jordan Roberts' through ball, but he fired over the bar in the 21st minute. Yeah, let's go to the 26th minute. We won our first corner of the match. Jordan Brown took it. From that, we won another. That mistake one, and went out for a throw-in. Yeah, that was a terrible second corner. 29 minutes now, just shy of the half-hour mark. Almost a third for the hosts. We didn't clear a free kick. Another one that was pumped into our half. Uh, and Sweeney ended up, Dan Sweeney, the defender, ended up firing his shot wide. Causing chaos with their long balls. That's ridiculous. Uh, into the box. 33rd minute, and Lawrence Vigor went down, and that allowed us to make our first sub of the game. So very early sub here for the O's. Harry Smith came on to replace Adam Thompson. Paul's making a hand gesture and can't seem I'm, to get the words just, out. I'm <laughs> just shocked. Like, is Adam injured? Nothing was said post-match. Is Adam injured? No. So we're going to leave two new players, Turns and McCart, to marshal the back line. And we're going to have a makeshift. So if Adam Thompson's injured, none of this, what I'm saying now, is relevant. right? But no one said that Adam Thompson's injured. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that was tactical, not physical. How are we not taking off Ed Turns, the younger player, and moving Thompson to centre-back and moving Brown to right-back? Agreed. I, d- I don't understand. And I'd love to agree. understand what Richie was thinking. OK, I mean, w- we weren't there yesterday, so you know, if anyone did see Adam Thompson limping off or come off with some kind of injury... He didn't look it. Please let us know. Yeah, didn't look it. Um, but yeah, strange substitution. I understand wanting to get Harry Smith on the pitch there, but surely... Yeah. Surely, in that case, you probably take off one of your three central midfielders if you want to change it up. I would have done. I would have taken off, again, not there, so can't say who was playing, but obviously this is before Idris has even got a yellow card, so Idris hasn't got to take Idris off. But you'd surely go, right, it's not working out. Do I want to go four four two and maybe take one of Idris, Prattley, or Brown off? Yeah. Leave my four in defence. So a bit of a weird substitution. Now, I know, obviously, Brown then goes to right-back, from what I understand. But surely there are other ways to do that to keep Adam Thompson on the pitch. Right. Brown should have started at right back to start with. That's what Brown. I said at the beginning. Sorry, Brown yeah. should have started at right back from the off, but I'm not the manager, I don't get to. And, and this isn't with the benefit of hindsight either. I, I, this is what I noted at the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. As, um, as most of our match notes uh, All are of our match notes. Fair, I wrote yeah. them at the time of, of the game. Um, Idris El Mazzouni got booked for a dangerous tackle in the 35th minute took too many touches overran it tried to recover slid studs up all day long a yellow card yeah well I was following this on Sky Sports who had a reporter there at the game and the reporter actually went he's lucky not to see a red for this yeah, and, and when I watched it this morning I thought he's a bit of a lucky boy like I've seen reds given for less than that but yeah. gets a yellow so let's go on in Stevenage from the free kick about 30 yards out uh, Harry Smith had it that behind for a corner that Vigaru claimed to off. Yeah, 43 minutes now. Another good shot at the O's goal, this time from Danny Rose, which Vigaru comfortably caught. 44th minute in to cap off a very bad half for the O's. Idris Mazzuni picked up his second yellow, which equals a red card. He was caught in possession from Roberts. He went in down thinking he'd been fouled, handled the ball, referee having none of it, pulls out his second yellow card, gives Idris his marching orders, and off you go. Yeah, I mean... The referee, if he'd have used a bit of common sense, it would have just been a free kick. It is a it is a yellow card offence, right? No, he's handled the ball, but yeah. but in if if you think commonsensically as a referee, it's like let's not ruin the game. He's gone down thinking he should have got a free kick. He hasn't. He shouldn't have handled it. To the letter of the law, it's a yellow card. So two yellows, red. You can't complain about that. But it's a bit harsh. And if he'd have just used a bit of common sense, just given the free kick. Let play go on. It would have been a better game. 
it's a yellow card. It's a, yeah. it's a sending off. Yeah. Idris should know better than to do that. I mean, it's all off Idris' own miscontrol, right? Like, he literally picks it up and he has a bad touch which plays him into trouble and then he hand, it, the referee don't blow the whistle when he handballs the ball. It's a sending yeah. off. As much as I hate to say it, if that's against us, we're you going to get off the it. pitch, mate. That's red. Yeah. If, it's, if oh, that's yeah. a Stevenage play, we're not going, oh, he's on a yellow. Let the game flow, mate. Just give him a, like, True. it's a red card all day long and it means now Idris is suspended for our next game. Me. But Idris... And I think it'll be alluded to in some of these weeks later. What has happened to Idrisil Mazzuni the last like four or five weeks? So impactful in the first couple of months of the season. Not been the same player. Might be fatigue, might be lethargic. He's played an awful lot of football um, during the season. But the Idris who we've seen in the last three, four games, five games, hasn't been the Idris who we saw earlier. And, but to be fair, though, you can say it for a lot of the all players. Of them. You can yeah. say it for a lot of them. But Barney yeah, Viggs, you could very, very, very concerning. So Idris now misses one game at that one silly sending off and from the result in free kicks Stevenage had penalty appeals for a Rooster Terry handball they were waved away that could have easily been given that uh, for the Rooster Terry handball three minutes of time they were added on no further news to report teams were in at the break Stevenage 2-0 up yeah what a disastrous first half that was we conceded two poor goals we had a man sent off and I think Richie Wellens for the starting lineup. I think he got it wrong to be honest I think he's got the setup and everything wrong big physical side Stevenage we should have started with big physical players in their preferred positions. I don't understand square peg round holes when you've got the personnel. You know, Jordan Brown is a square peg in a round hole because we have to have a square peg in a round hole. You don't have to put Adam Thompson at right, right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, you have to put Jordan Brown there. In my opinion, you yeah. have to. Um, so when you've got players to play in a certain system, play them in that in that way. In my in my opinion, um, we had quite a few views that came in. Lots that time. of. Probably uh, the most we've had. Lots of activity on our socials at halftime, as you'd expect. Obviously, all not very happy, uh, as you'd imagine. Lord Stapleford, new Twitter handle to me, yeah. Lord Stapleford. Welcome, yeah. my lord. said, why take Thompson from centre-back? Well, he was so solid last week. The two new guys in centre defence seem a tad careless. Yeah, i got to agree with you there, Lord Stapleford. Yeah, because they're rusty. Ed Turns is still learning, and Jamie McCart has only played 11 times this season. And even then, one of them was 15 minutes in the FA Cup. It's not, it's not rocket science. Molly Folly 2019 said, we're entering the final week of the transfer. Everyone knew the importance of bringing in a six-yard box striker. Once again, the director of football and his not-fit-for-purpose transfer committee have let everyone down. Once again, we're enduring a January meltdown. I don't, don't really agree with that. And that was at half-time as well, not even full-time. Gorillas 1985 said, so fair to say that that was our worst first half of the season. Second half needs to be more confident to help us get into next Saturday into a must-win game for the first time this season. Evie Stark said, not at the match, but from what I saw last week, the players looked tired. Wellen spoke pre-Christmas about rotating the squad over Christmas, but failed to do so. Now we're paying the price. Why he persists with Kelman, I don't know. Yeah, run a ref with GC, said, I wish I hadn't got a ticket. Uh, that's alluded to, I think he got one quite late in the day. Not sure why he's taken Thompson from centre-back, would have left him in there, and had Brown at right back with Clay in front of the back four. We've conceded far too many set-pieces knowing how good they are at them and we stood off too long for the second that's a really good point conceding too far many set pieces when they get a set piece they just launch onto Correct. Sweeney and Piagiani yeah. and we just seem to be conceding them for fun yeah yeah, great that's point right. good point there 6989 6909 sorry let me start that again 6989 was the official attendance with 1382 in the away end there was one change at half time Craig Clay came on to replace Charlie Kelman and a minute into the half Harry Smith won a free kick and after a long discussion with the fourth official 
The referee ended up booking him. <laughs> to go now, back to the attendance, that is Stevenage's third ever biggest EFL attendance. Right. Bear in mind, Stevenage have played a couple of seasons in League One about 10, 15 years ago. Their yeah. third biggest ever attendance. The Orient are massive. Yeah, everywhere they go. Yeah. So, from the free kick that Harry won... I saw him sort of feign a headbutt towards one of their players, yeah. and I can't help but think he picked up the booking for that um, rather than sort of reacting sure did. to yeah. the foul. So, because it took quite a long time, the referee and the fourth official were talking for quite some time, so I can't help but think that because he, he literally gone yeah. like that. Um, obviously, people on the podcast can't see what I'm doing, but he's kind of yeah. imitated as if he was going to headbutt, headbutt the guy, yeah. uh, which is. Not appropriate, obviously. Absolutely, no, silly boy. Obviously, it was number two, James Wilding. Silly boy. In the 48th minute, Carby Ajani went close to making it 3-0, but Rigaru pulled off, big save, he got the ball over the bar. Yeah, two minutes later, Craig Clay had a shot, but fired over the bar. As Craig Clay likes to do. 53rd minute, dangerous cross from Alex Gilby, nearly found Swinney at the back post. Ball went out, though, for a goal kick. Ed Turns fouled Reed in the 55th as Stevenage won a free kick just outside our box. It was fired low and hard, but Vigaru was alert at his near post. Proceeding lots of free kicks like we alluded to at half-time. 58th minute, a dangerous cross came in from Jamie McCart, which was looking for Harry Smith. Stevenage, though, were awarded a free kick after he was judged to have shoved over Pijani. Yeah, corner for the O's on the hour mark. Found Darren Prattley, who guided his header towards goal but it was cleared, apparently off the line. I don't think it was off the line, but apparently it was off the line. Okay, at that point, you know, it wasn't going to be our day anyway, but it's yep. just one of those days. 66 minutes, and Paul Smith, who we have not even mentioned at all, was replaced by Theo Archibald. Yeah, largely been anonymous and effective in this half. We haven't mentioned Royal particularly. We barely mentioned Kelman, he had one shot. It's just it's just been a disastrous day up front for us uh, all round. I don't mind not mentioning Ross, I tell you, because uh, with the greatest respect to Ross, that's what I expect. Playing him on the wing, yeah, true. I've got I've got nothing against. I, I can't criticize Ross because he's not. Uh, what can I say? You're a centre forward playing as a winger in the team where you ain't getting the ball. <clears throat> Paul Smith, though, I have to be more vocal about in terms of what has happened to him. He was the league two player of the season by a mile in the first half of the season and now whether it's teams who have scouted us which could be they will be doing going right if you stop Paul Smith actually you can stop Warren from doing anything and in the last couple of home games it's been clear to see they've had two sometimes three men on him so maybe he's just literally being marked every game can't do anything maybe he's tired maybe he's having difficulty with Theo not on the opposite wing I think that's really hindered his game and obviously you know with Rowell on the other side of you it's, it's going to hinder your game Maybe he's tired. Maybe he hasn't signed a new contract still. You know, someone, I think there was a, a tweet, I don't know if it's in a, in a uh, post-match tweet, saying, you know, he had a new contract in front of him a couple of weeks ago. Nothing's been mentioned about him signing mm-hmm. it. Maybe his head's not in the game. Maybe his head's been turned somewhere. But whatever, whatever's happened um, to Paul Smith probably needs to be addressed because he was finding space. Uh, in these games, you know, he's got some great goals, but he's also contributed some big, big assists in this game. 66 minutes gone, and we haven't mentioned him once. That's one of the most concerning things I can say, because if you're not playing Monker, and if Archibald's a substitute, and we're not talking about Paul Smith, then who are we talking about? Mm. Because we're not, there's no creativity. So, very, very concerning there with Paul. Uh, 69th minute in, Piagiani was booked, horror tackle on Real Sotorio, 
Resulting free kick, though, was poor from Theo Archibald. Now, I've not seen this challenge. A few comments uh, about the challenge at the time, saying that could have easily been a red. Right. I think uh, yeah. Welland uh, talks about it in his post-match interview as well. Yeah, I didn't actually uh, realise he'd... Um, I didn't even think he got booked for it. Yeah, got booked. Um, oh, he got booked, fine. Um, yeah, I've seen them given as a red. Again, studs up. Um, yeah, disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Ed Turns tried to shield the ball... Uh, in the corner for a goal kick. Rose easily got the better of him, won the ball. Jordan Brown was covering. He ended up ridiculously giving <laughs> the ball away. And Stevenage had a few shots at our goal. Thankfully, Lawrence Vigory was alert to save one from Reeves and Brown blocking uh, another one uh, from Jamie Reed. But what a poor turn of events where we've tried to marshal the ball out. We have a player, they, they get the better of us, but then thankfully we had a player covering who ends up making that mistake. Danny Not Rose, his best game. Danny Rose against Ed Turns is a absolute non-contest. We saw it last season with Danny Rose against Shadogie, where Rose, if you remember, when Rose was at Northampton, Rose got his Ogie sent off. Ed Turns is never going to be able to shoot the ball out against Danny Rose. Danny Rose, late twenty striker, big burly, horrible git against Ed Turns, making his second appearance in men's football. He's never going to be able to shoot the ball out. It's like a mismatch almost. Then Brown gets it. It's just a shambolic defending. It's just shambolic defending. I don't. Want, I don't want to be harsh with young kids because you know I've got better things to do, and I don't particularly want to be a negative podcast. But at the same time, why put again? Why put turns in that situation? Adam Thompson ain't getting bullied off the ball like turns is there mm. by Danny Rose. He was bullied off, that's which, fair which was eighty first minute. Then George Monker came on to replace Rose. So I got out thinking that maybe Monker might be might have some kind of injury to not come on until nine minutes left. Two down, need a goal. You'd imagine Moncur probably, if he's 100%, comes on earlier. 86 minutes, Jordan Brown made another mistake and a cross came in from Jordan Roberts, which found Danny Rose and his header was tipped over the bar by Lawrence Figueroa. It was four minutes of time ratted on and in the first minute, substitute Norris capitalised on another mistake by Jordan Brown as he misjudged the flight of a long ball. Norris was through on goal, 1-1 with Figueroa and coolly started it past Figs to make it 3-0 to Stevenage, which probably just caps off a horrendous day of football that probably couldn't have got much worse. Yeah, so let's close this off now. No further talking points. The referee brought the game to a close as it was the hosts who were victorious, giving our biggest defeat of the season as we left Stevenage and North Hertfordshire very empty-handed. So we, we always uh, get the uh, post-match interviews from Richie from Dave Victor, which we appreciate. This one's been on the club's Twitter feed for at least 24 hours, but... In case you haven't heard it, we are going to play. It's about five and a half minutes. Richie makes lots of good points about the game itself. More interestingly for us, or me anyway, about the transfer window, which are probably worth hearing if you haven't already. So here is Richie Wellings talking post-match to Dave Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. That was a very difficult afternoon. Well, poor start. Didn't compete. First and foremost, compete. Free. Listen, the last one's obviously a counter-attack when we're down to 10 men and we it's a mistake but the first two goals are shambolic from our point of view um, so now I'll take I'll take the majority I'll take more or less all the criticism because I think I got the team wrong today um, the way that we set up was wrong but also players have to look in the mirror as well because of the fact that if you don't first and foremost don't compete here you know they've got a lot of results just through you know competing first balls second balls and they hooked every time we went long we were short and every time they went long, he was in behind and, and was running back to our own goal and, and made it tough for us. So it's a bad day at the office for us. There was an accumulation of things. Um, the only benefits is is that Jamie McCart got 90 minutes. Um, so he, he needed that game. Um, it's a tough one to come into. Um, but yeah, really bad day at the office. And you know, listen, when we 
And we fill out that stand over the far side and then and then finish the game. There's only a couple of hundred there. Or no, that breaks me out because he wasn't. He, listen, he was nowhere near good enough today. Another red card. Any um, too many touches. Too many touches. No, both both bookings come from having too many touches. As a midfield player, you need to have a pitch. You need to check your shoulder. You need to to make angles. I need to be able to play one and two touch. So um, listen, I don't. I thought it was a foul, and it makes it. It did handle the ball. Um, I'm not going to blame the referee. He was poor today, but like, we have to take all the blame. We wasn't good enough. Start of the second half, you were definitely up for it, weren't you? Well, we should have been like that 45 minutes earlier. Yeah. He doesn't take the manager coming and not being happy at 45 minutes. Um, we're down to 10 men. We're 2-0 down to have a response. We, listen, we, Stephen has played like they were second in the league today and he wanted it. We played like we was end of season team, during the season to finish. We didn't come here and represent a team that, sh- that was at top of the league. Whereas a Stevenage represented a team that was was pushing us all the way, and we listen, we were nowhere near it, nowhere near it. Another game without a goal and not too many chances. Yeah, it's difficult because I'm not sure when we went down to ten men, um, not many chances. But like I say, if you, when it's a tight pitch here, you need to be brave, and we want to play, and we didn't play today. So um, you know they're good at one thing, we're good at another thing, and we ended up resorting to playing the same way as, as they did, and they're better than that. Better, better than us so um, yeah listen he said you have 46 league games you have and you have certain days you know I've been here before with a swimming team we lost 2-0 just because of the, the environment and the way the opposition plays so you know it worked out well then so hopefully it worked out work out well again there weren't many games played in the division in this afternoon was this pitch okay? yeah I thought it was fine and in terms of what happens next, there's been three new arrivals so far. Could there be a new face before we tr- travel to Tremere? No, listen, we... <laughs> I don't really like signing players in January because when you sign them, one thing you can be assured of is they ain't fit enough. And when you sign them, you need to give them time to get up to speed. So I think that's the case. I think Jamie's probably had maybe one start this, this season. The majority of his appearances for Rotherham have come on late. Um, so he needs to get into his flow. Oh, Eddie's obviously developing players. His second game at this level. So, um, and obviously Jordan Lyard and his. We, listen, we've given Jordan an opportunity. It works. The deal, the way it's structured, works in our favour. He's a really good player, um, but obviously he's not played for a long time. So um, we need to get him up to speed. We'll, we'll sort out a couple of practice matches and in a couple of games he should be up and running. Bruising game in the other knocks picked up. Um, no, I think the, the, there was a leg breaking tackle for Ruel. I mean. Idris Almazuni is getting sent off for a a foul where he's handled the ball okay and he's got sent off for it and I don't know who it was but we just shot I thought it was a red card at the time and I've watched it back and it is a ridiculous tackle and now it's not a red card it's beyond me but again we can't blame referees because we were so far off it we need to look ourselves in the middle and what about some of the other players that you know Theo Archibald who wasn't in the starting yeah I mean Theo was I didn't really want to put Theo on if I'm being honest but listen he's a great I trust Theo so Theo will be back next week and George Monker on the bench is that because of fitness? no you know you know what he's been working hard in training um, and we uh, he had that illness and then he come back and he, he knew his fitness levels were off he, he's worked really hard both to trim his weight and to get fitter but then with the games coming up as well, we just thought, you know what, we'll give him a bit of a breather. We thought the game wasn't going to suit him. We thought it might open up in the last half an hour and, and it might suit him then. But, um, yeah, we just we just thought we'd give him a little breather. Um, but, again, he's a big player for us. Aaron Drynan, news there? Yeah, he'll be a couple of weeks.
And finally, about the supporters, they, they came, yeah. and you know, particularly in the early stage of the second half, they're making yeah, lots of noise. Two, I, spot, I said to the players in there, two things that broke my heart today. One, watching my team not being able to do what we want to do, resorting to two mil long balls. I understand when it goes to ten men, we're just trying to get up the pitch and, and try and create a goal, but in the first half an hour, that's not what, you, you as a manager, you always want your team to represent the way you are. You know, I'd like to think when I played as a player, and, and I am now, I'm a fighter. You know, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll win duels and I'll go head-to-toe and toe-to-toe with somebody. So I was disappointed in my team first half an hour. It's not many times that, that I can say that about him. And we'll, that we will respond because they're a, good, they're a good group and good characters. But that broke my heart. And like, like I said, that breaks my heart when um, when there's a couple of hundred and I totally understand them walking out because it, it wasn't good enough. Although, to be fair, the players did show fight in the second half. And listen, if if we nick one, there's a couple cleared off the line. One of them was cleared off the line. And we, and we needed a goal to, to just change the feeling in the ground. But we you know, we, we didn't deserve anything out of the game. Thanks, Richie. Good, thank you. Good interview there from Richie Wellens. Very honest in his post-match assessment. Says there'll be a response next week. Let's hope there is. One thing I picked up on that one is he went from so many two to three players in in last week's post-match interview to kind of then flipping it a little bit and he, there is context around what he says because he was talking about Jamie McCart in terms of just before he says doesn't like signing players in January they're not fit or whatever but seems like there's been a change in a shift in terms of his attitude to what he was saying around January transfers a lot of talk around that a lot of tweets around that obviously a lot of views about how much of a disappointing January transfer window it has currently been to date. Uh, and that will get covered in the tweets coming up. That, that's the one thing where I listened to that interview and I just thought, oh, he's not really said anything there. He's not really answered any questions. In fact, he's kind of set expectations lower than what they were this time last week for any more incomings. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Good pick up there. So, the league table yeah. then, and despite that defeat, we are still top. We have now played 27 games, and uh, we've won 17 of them. We've drawn six of them, lost four. We've got a goal difference now of positive 20. We're on 57 points, and although we're just two points above Stevenage, they do have a game in hand on us. They could go top if they beat, I think, Swindon, Swindon away. on Tuesday. Although, I think this is a completely different mentality now, Stevenage, you've got, because for the first time in season they're not playing catch up anymore they know if they win they go top different type of pressure different type of pressure for Stevenage uh, on Tuesday night we'll all be sitting there refreshing Twitter hoping Swindon Town can do us a bit of a favour so Bearded Lejanda your views on yesterday terrible from start to finish (laughs) he really was and and, Richie's interviews are always honest he's he's accountable I like that about him He, he takes he takes the um, responsibility that he got this wrong, but the responsibility in part has to be shared by the players who are out there on the pitch. Get that, completely on board with that. Yeah, he got it wrong. Um, again, I'm in danger of keep repeating myself. I'd have gone Smith up top, um, Turns and Thompson at centre-back like last week. If there's a problem, bring on McCart. Um, or maybe even start McCart if he's if he's good enough over, over Turns because, you know, against Stevenage... I think Turns would would have been given a bit of a tough time, as it turns out he was. Uh, Brown at right back instead of Thompson. Square pegs, f- as few square pegs in round holes as you can possibly yeah. get away with, for me. I think it's probably the easiest way to explain it. Up top, we offered nothing at all. Barely any shots. Barely their, We haven't had their keeper making a save, really. I don't yeah. even think he made a comfortable catch. I don't think he needed to. Um, it tells you all you need to know. The formation just isn't working. 
and something different needs to be tried. Ruel's not a wide, wide attacker like you said earlier. He's an out-and-out -out striker. He's wasted out wide. Paul Smith offered nothing yesterday, barring one shot over the bar. Charlie Carman did nothing either. They've had no supply. People keep saying, I had a discussion on Twitter today with someone, you know, the, the problem isn't the quality of the strikers. The problem is the quality or, or lack of supply to these, yeah. to these players. Different story if we're peppering them with opportunities and they're just not doing it. Fine, they're not enough. They're not the right quality of player that we need. Get rid of them, get someone else in. Um, but we're not. So the arguments yep. moot about getting a twenty goal a season strike. Like we've got players that can score goals, um, we're just not supplying them. We lost the promotion rivals, another of our promotion rivals who have reinforced their squad and their performances and, and results um, haven't dropped like ours have. Um, so it's a bit of a concern. I hope we don't look back on this as a game that impacted a promotion uh, this season. Um, and look, it's it's hard to not overreact if this was just one game out of. 10 that we'd lost, then, then understandable. But uh, the performances have dropped individually and as a team. You know, we're not scoring goals. And unless we're keeping clean sheets, which by and large we have done, you are going to lose the games. Um, I'm delighted we're still top. I'm happy the gap to fourth is still 15 points. But now teams around us, or below us, should I say, are now getting games in hand on us. So the gap is a bit of a false accounting point because if they win those games then the gap isn't 14 points. So, it, 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 you know, probably worrying about nothing, but it's, you know, complacency isn't, isn't something uh, that we want setting in. You know, looking at this in a, in a, in a block of 10, as, as people like to do, you know, we've won half of those. We've won five, drawn three, uh, lost two. We lost the two to Northampton and Stevenage. That's 18 from 30 points. Uh, and we've had red cards in three of our last four games. Um, and... The five games that we did win were at the beginning of the 10-game block, not at the latter part of the 10-game block. So, yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate how truthful Rich has been in his assessment of that game. He's taken responsibility. I hope we don't make the same mistake next week. And, look, we have to keep the faith and support the team through this blip or mini-crisis or lull, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's all we can do. We want them to do well. We want promotion. We're in a good position to do that, it's still our own destiny that we're controlling. We're not reliant on others to win or lose or draw for us to have a positive to have a be positively impacted. It's still in our control. Yeah, good stuff. You've covered it well. Not much for me uh, to add on this one. Uh, I didn't. I thought this would be a tough, tough game. I thought we may lose it. I didn't think we'd lose it as easily as what we did. That was a very, very easy win there for Stevenage. I think you know after ten minutes when you're two 0 down. You're always going to struggle. Both goals very uncharacteristic of the Orient defence, though. However, you know that that Orient defence take out Rob Hunt, and it's pretty much not the Orient defence we've come to know this season mm. at all. Some mm. big plays missing, uh, but defensively all over the place. Could have been more from what I've seen. I say I wasn't at the game, and seems to be the only one who wasn't watching the stream on some kind of VPN. <laughs> uh, Idris silly sending off a big loss for Tranmere away. You know you've mentioned when you look at it in a block of ten. Yeah, we've won five out of ten though, but only one win out of the last six. One goal in the last six, and that the goal was a worldie from Archibald. So we're not creating many chances, which I think has to be a concern. You know, I'll always praise Richie. You won't find two more astute supporters of Richie than you know the two, the two hosts on this podcast. We're very much behind him, but his lineup was totally wrong, and he's come out and said that. And hopefully, gets it right uh, next Saturday. You know, he knows his mistakes, and hopefully, 
we move on, we go to Tranmere, we go and spank them, and next week everyone's all happy and singing and dancing again, and we can be happy, clappy. But I think if you take the positive out of this, though, if there was any complacency, and a word that has been spoken about quite a lot uh, on this podcast over the last three weeks, I think since Nigel talked about it, this could be a kick up the backside. This could be the motivation that we needed. We might actually drop to second on Tuesday night, and it becomes a completely different team to going right. We're actually chasing now, as opposed to being the ones who are so far out in front. So, you know, might be might be a good thing. You know, we've been top of this league. I can't remember the last time we weren't top of the, of League Two. It's been a long, long time. S- ironically, Steve, coincidentally rather, Stevenage, when they played a game more than us, and they went top. But that was for one week. Right, OK. Yeah, I can't remember doing this podcast this season. It's just been We haven't been top. Yeah. So, <sighs> some big calls for Rishi to make, some big decisions for that ball to make this week, you know. I know people don't like signing players in January if, if that's what they're going to say in post-match interviews. However, Stevenage have... I don't know how many players Stevenage have signed in January, but I know it's more than two because they signed Forster Kasky and some other dude in the first week of it. So they've used it to strengthen. I've seen Stockport signing some really good players. I imagine Salford is splashing more cash around than what they've got. I imagine other teams are doing it. It seems to be very hard for some reason for late night in January to A, retract players of a decent calibre or B for us to attract any players Paul is telling me Stephen just signed five players yeah. in this Reed window from, uh, oh sorry from uh, Jake Foster-Kasky from, from uh, Charlton, from Charlton. Um, they got Daryl Horgan out of Wickham okay uh, good midfielder they got James Jonathan Tom, Tomkinson from Norwich on loan and they got David Amu from Stevenage well, oh, sorry, from Crew. I beg your pardon. Okay. Well, Moo used to play for Port Vale and he scored against us, so I know that name. Promotion. So, you know, that's that's called essentially going for it more than what we have yeah. so far with the biggest uh, respect to the players who we've signed. So some yeah. big choices to be made over the next, what, 11 days uh, until the transfer window ends. It'll be very, very interesting. So as you can imagine, full-time whistle went... Huge amount of views. Almost broke Twitter. We had Elon Musk on the phone asking us to turn off our Twitter account. We said, no, Mr. Musk. Uh, and just because we read these, this is very important. Just because we're reading some of these does not mean we agree with them. So Dax, dude asked if big, big money needs to be spent on a proven goal scorer. So says that point that you quoted earlier, Mr. Levy, to get us over the line. Performance to forget, but I thought both centre-backs looked shaky and very and too easily to beat. Yeah, Cam Wallace, 36, said not good enough. No attacking threat whatsoever. And then we can't really blame the manager. Questions over whether Thompson should have started at right-back. Sweeney left-back, Hunt right-back maybe. But let down by the 11 on the pitch with no heart and no fight. Very disappointing. Conway underscore Nigel said their keeper is going to use the same shirt next week because he didn't use his today. And when I'd say, what mini crisis? Come on now, Link. (laughs) (laughs) E10 underscore Rifle said, don't remember the last time I left the game early. Paul was right. This is a mini crisis. And if we aren't careful, we'll blow it. If Wellens doesn't like signing players in January's, January as they're not fit, what does that say about the resources being made available by the board? When he's put us in such a fantastic position, all feels very Mickey Mouse. And DeWard underscore seven said it was awful. Do not play two centre-halves together for the first time in such a critical game. Don't do a stupid handball on a yellow card, <laughs> etc., Etc. Fair point there. Tommy Atkinson, six. I never thought we were going to win. Always going to be tough. Stevenage are in top form. However, for the game to be effectively over before half time was put, and I've seen a few comments and want to remain optimistic, 
but the lack of scoring is becoming an ongoing concern. Fair point. Yeah, one Adam Conway said, Club is paying for an abysmal and plodding January window. Others have strengthened and we look absolutely devoid of creativity or goals. Gifted momentum to Stevenage, who have had a great window themselves. Richie Wellens will be fuming. He hasn't had adequate reinforcements. It's a big week. Yeah, big words there from Adam. Ryan Peanut said, men against boys. Richie got it horribly wrong. Playing two new centre-backs against this lot. Ling has massively let us down again. Loan signings will be saving money. But playing the likes of Clay, still no fight, no heart, and six games in a row now. Paul Staines, 86, said, although in the long run it doesn't hurt us that much... But, naive for having two centre-backs in, Harry Smith should have started, uh, given the height advantage they had, and Brown was caught out almost every time. Second best at every ball. Worst I've seen us play this season. Good points there from Paul. Or it meet Pye said, absolute dross. Transfer window's been abysmal. McCart looked rubbish. Utterly outplayed. We are bottling this against the teams below us and need some proper plays in fast. We can't say it's a surprise. We've been dismal for a while now. Yeah, Lawton Gamp said inept all over the pitch. Strong defence was making uh, was masking lack of cutting edge, but with the injuries, that's no longer the case. Generally depressing view from start to finish. Uh, we need some new attackers in before Tranmere. Still in a fantastic position, so have to remain calm. Good tweet there, yeah. yeah. Ryan underscore 36 had a really naive start and performance from too many. Poor team selection as well, but a decent response at the start of the second half. And as I've said before, patience is needed from us because of the points gap. But the players need to show a response to show they are up for this fight. Yeah, Dan Alton 2590 said, Probably the least enjoyable game I've ever been to and left set at 70 minutes. The worst thing about it is that it was all very predictable. Men versus boys. Embarrassing shambles from start to finish. Manager included. El Mazzuni should be fined two weeks wages. Regroup and wake up. David CS3. So people can say about signing a striker, but we are creating absolutely nothing in terms of real chances. Poor performance in the main. The court looked out of his depth as did turns. Smith coming on was a positive and he should have started the game. Mark Ross 63689509 said the manager needs a good look at the discipline uh, has, as the discipline has gone and that can only be down to him. Starting a kid from Brighton who in my opinion has only played non-contact football is worrying. It was like men against boys. Looks like a poor window and the dipping form is unreal. Steve the F1 kept it short and sweet. Made me laugh as well. This feels more like supporting the Orient. <laughs> uh, Ross McCaff said, where do you start? Rubbish from the first minute and Rishi Wellens got the lineup almost comically wrong. With Defo in a crisis now, not only transfers are needed, but a few players asked seriously if they have the stomach for this fight. On today's evidence, I'm not so sure. Yeah, Matthew 81402115 said, we are going through a bad patch. No mistake of that, but the gap to fourth is the same. That gap is all that matters. We need to brush ourselves down and go again. Forest Green Rovers had a similar bad patch last year and still got the job done. Orient Fan TV said, on that performance today, surely the board can see the positions we need improving. It's a striker. Strikers simply not good enough at present. Big 11 days coming up for the board to sort this out. Fingers crossed for a striker coming in before the Tranmere game. Gary Torbert Sermon said, Beckles, clueless defending at Northampton, has resulted in Happy's injury along with the complete inability to get a goal scoring, which has given the table now a different look. And if we want the title, a worrying one. And why isn't Dan, sorry, why isn't young Dan and Krumah being developed? He's young, hungry, tall and mobile and big championship clubs are looking at him and still we piss this with Kelman, who looks absolutely poor. Yeah, uh, Wrecker Blue App said, We were set up poorly from the start. How Turn stayed on the pitch ahead of Thompson, I won't know. Game was killed after 10 minutes, devoid of any real presence on the pitch 
uh, or ideas. Shows how much we miss Beckles, Drennan and Theo. First time I'd left the game early for a while. Quite a few pl- fans leaving the games early. World Cup 300s. So Stevenish came out and played like champions. We looked well off the pace and have done for a while. We all rightly praised Richie, but he got it wrong today. Fitting plays into a system that hasn't been working for weeks was poor. We need a plan B. Great tweet. Orin underscore Ed said it was quite simply a shocking performance. Richie got it all wrong with the lineup. Constantly gave the ball away, hoofed it long, had no sharpness or creativity. And what El Mazzuni was thinking is anyone's guess. Season is starting to completely fall apart. Yeah, I want to go that far. But <coughs> no, some I, really I don't think good it is. Points. Apostles Andre and I make some points. Says one, two strangers centre back is a massive gamble. Number two, who was going to get the through balls to the attackers with no Moncur on the pitch? Number three, ideal game for Harry Smith with a more direct style. Point four, please, that Beckles and James will be back for the next game. Yeah, Dave M1812, similar, said, bad performance, Beckles and James back should settle the defence, but the main problem is creativity. Richie will have to work some magic, and this could mean bringing players in, but must uh, get these players performing again. Need something from Tranmere. Don't panic. Yeah, you're in Carter 24, so I think that was a see you at 8am tomorrow morning. You cannot nil nil games any longer to get promoted when we are struggling to score goals. <laughs> El Coado said, this has been an awful few weeks. More red cards than goals in the last six games. True. This transfer window has been really disappointing. Other teams are seriously bulking up and we're getting in kids or people trying to get their fitness back. Desperately need good match-ready players in. Bit like what you said, yeah. Good. And I hadn't seen that tweet. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good point there. Daniel underscore D44. Not had much cause to criticise Richie this season, but think he gets it badly wrong. Madness moving Thompson to right back, then subbing him off and not moving him back to the middle. Think we need to go to a 4-4-2 with Theo and Paul Smith on the wing. Love this tweet. Paul underscore LT2P said, My big worry is we repeat the 2014 season. We didn't recruit properly. We lost players and had injuries. We dropped down the table and were banging. Well, sorry, we're hanging on. Recruitment has got to be better as we need players who are raring to go and played at a higher level. Like that one. Great tweet. Yeah, good says, tweet. Says it right. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Where we were top for literally most of the season and then because we didn't strengthen in January, right, we ended up dropping away to Brentford and Wolves. Yeah, Magic yeah. underscore John said, don't know why everyone is blaming the defence as it is what it is with suspensions. But that midfield three has proven before it doesn't work as no one uses the ball. Brown was the only player today who can hold his head up and has he at least tried. What's happened to Paul Smith, Beckles and Vig signed a new contracts? A couple of weeks back, Ling said, should hear within days. That's a great point. Very good point. It's all gone quiet on the contract front. Yeah, Brant Rakaresi said, Orient is uncomfortable with physicality and the opposing coach learned it from the previous game and used it today. It leads to poor decision-making, frustration and poor positioning. A tough but good lesson going forward. All is certainly not lost. That was quite a positive tweet. That was a good point about Evans, though, because we played him so recently. Yeah, he's looking at us and learning what we are. Yeah, Boggs Dolics once said, Evans has done us again. His team was so up for it and we certainly weren't. Tactically, Totally wrong, but it doesn't explain losing every first, second and third ball. Very bad day at the office. Some creativity is badly needed as we have no ideas going forward at all. And Wallace RM1 said, stop playing Tomo at right back. The bloke is a centre back and a bloody good one at that. That said, no fight, second to every ball and we were bullied, but we're still top. Good tweet. Uh, O's underscore Canada. I don't, maybe Joyland, I don't know who O's Canada is. Once again, far too slow out of the blocks. Evans noticed that and hit us hard early. I think a few other teams will take note and do the same. Two new centre-backs starting was not the wisest of moves against the team in second place. 
Yeah, uh, Paul Red Rum said, what's gone wrong with this team, our team? It seems to have started with the home game with Stevenage and it's continuing. Not many chances, creating no shots on goal. No one prepared to take players on and please don't blame it on the pitches. We've been sussed out. Can someone tell me why we've started so slowly, especially in our last 10 games? This has got to stop. We need to take the game straight away to our opponents, which is what we've said. Great point. If you if you were a scout from Tranmere watching that game, you'd go, literally, they start poorly. If you watch the last three or four games, the Tranmere scout would go, last five they, they start poorly, get in their faces in the first ten minutes, launch Make it up it to them, they don't like it, give them a few horrible challenges and we'll be we'll be away. Absolutely. Easily, yeah. Matty, LFC Evans. So finally, the positives, we're still just about top. Big ten days at the club, need to splash some money to get us over the line coming into the season. Current squad is flagging. Ling and the committee need to get a shift on with bringing in as many faces in as possible. Orient fan underscore 1881 said, said it against Northampton. We are not a very good team. Quite a controversial tweet this yeah. one. Too reliant on Paul Smith and unless he can come up with a good, we will not score. Send Kelman back as well. Yeah, a lot of criticism for uh, Charlie Kelman. Interesting here. LDP King said, when is his honest in reflection of the game and our season situation but... Can't help thinking he's been thrown under the bus and not signing the quality we need to help the squad as a whole. Gone from saying when he plays to now doesn't like signing them in January. Back to basics we go again. Trickio said next week against Tranmere, you're looking at a first half he let first at, sorry, let me start again. Next week against Tranmere, you're looking at half the first eleven cha- changing. Beckles and James back in defence, Archibald back in, Moncur replacing El Mazzuni and perhaps a new attacker. That's five out of the ten outfielders. The fringe players don't do enough whatsoever. That is a good point. Very hopefully it could be a very different team lining up next Saturday. Va- yeah. Finance Kev said, I'm not ready to press the panic button, but I'm fumbling at the back of the drawer for it. Has a feel of the Kenny Jacket season when we were flying by Christmas and went into free fall. We have to ensure this is not repeated. Kev, I don't think we are in the same situation uh, as that, uh, just to reassure you there. Linda Brogan said, yeah, bad day at the office and it hurts. It hurts because we haven't put on this poor a show for a long while. To coin a phrase, we go again next week and it's a must that we return to winning ways. Yeah, voice of reason there, Linda. Millar president said, every game we sit back in the right pressure. Evans did his homework and punished us for our negativity. We need to be more positive as attack is our best form of defence and you never know, a bit of attacking intent might reap a goal or two. A mini crisis it is. BJP Ford said, When I saw the team sheet, I thought we'd line up with three centre-backs, Tomo plus the two new guys, with Brown and Hunt as wing-backs. Hindsight is easy, but the back four we lined up with, with new players and Tomo at right-back, did seem a risk. Orient Boy said, I blame one person for our blip or crisis. Not Martin Link, surprisingly. Beckles, <laughs> his casualness cost us Dan Happy and Shad, plus his own suspension, and those changes have dramatically affected us. Why does everyone keep talking about a striker? We haven't, and don't create chances. Look at Gilby and Reeves breaking forward. Shots, crosses from the midfield. Don't drive forward, create like they do. It's good, good point there. Yeah. Stevenage, a strongest team, and have a stronger squad than us, in my opinion, and I think they'll be champions. I'm not sure a striker is the final piece of the jigsaw. Most would fail to score without a creator. Very good tweet there from Morning Boy. That's a really well-summed up tweet. Alp5399 said, We were out for, out-muscled and out-played. Men against boys. From the first to last minute, we didn't look with it. Makeshift defence, slow and utterly useless. Absolutely zero creativity in midfield. And nothing from the players up top. Smith barely touched the ball today. And that shows. Penultimate tweet in this one. It goes to Willow Gaffer. says, I think Richie has got this one wrong. Tomo been excellent. Sent it back. Moved him to right back. Doesn't make sense. Turns gets bullied for both goals in the first half. More worrying is our forward play. Roaring Kelman, just not good enough in our last two games. Harry Smith did okay. But with 10 men, 
couldn't get anyone near to him. And then the final word goes to John W999, who said, Now is the time for steady heads and calm responses. We're still in a fabulous position. This is League Two football, and we were always going to have at least one bad result this season. Might shake out any complacency that set in. There's that C word again. So loads and <coughs> loads of tweets from Twitter handles, old and new to us. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of them that have been read out. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook.com. You can follow us on Instagram at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast, and you can do the same on a Facebook or an Outlook podcast. Loads of views. Let us know if you think it is a mini-crisis or not. Let us know if you think it's a blip. Let us know your concerns. Let us know where you think we should be strengthening this week. Let us know if Richie is still the man who you think is going to get it right this Saturday. And also, positivity. We could do with a sprinkling of positivity. So what? how you look at this from a positive perspective, would love to hear from you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move on into the yeah. town and country Harlow prediction league so yeah they cover london they cover essex they covered hertfordshire and they are the estate agents they run by two orient season ticket holders and fellow fans and really helped dozens of people move home and the best bit is therefore all owes fans and staff discount from their already competitive fees if you're thinking of selling up or just curious as to a property's value you can save yourself a few hundred quid keep it in your own family you can call them on 01279 883444 or 07528 471 Four nine seven, or you can find the team at Twitter. They are on TNC Harlow, and you can find Charlie, big Orient fan, and working for Town and Country at Charlie underscore Paul. So yeah, do you want to go for the results? Yeah, absolutely. Orient underscore Ed and Bond uh, Y John four. Absolute kudos and props to you <laughs> because unfortunately for you, you got this right um, and you got all three points. So. The prediction league, the top of it anyway, looks like this. Tall, that tall O's fan is still top on 30 points. David Landau, 17, is second on 22. LOFC underscore Dan and O's fan basing joint uh, on 20 points. And Ben Whitlock, 13, and Wings Mad are joint tied on 19 points. So thanks to everybody who takes the time to send us their predictions. Do you know what? Looking back at those tweets, actually, I'm pleasantly surprised that there isn't too many mentioning Martin Ling. I know one or two did, but I would have thought there'd be a lot more. Most of it was criticism of Richie, actually, which um, is a bit unheard of about, obviously, the defensive lineup mm. and 11 and the sub. So, quite interesting there. I think it'd be... Um, I think we lose again next Saturday and it's a more normal Orient team. I think the criticism reflects back to the committee, which were barely mentioned. It's quite surprising then when you're reading them out loud. There's lots of, lots of interesting different points there. Can't wait to see how we get on next Saturday. Hopefully it'll be three points. So let's move on in to today, Sunday 22nd in January. Not much to report, but unsurprisingly, the ladies' game against Tower Hamlets was called off due to a frozen pitch. So an hour, 22 minutes, 19 seconds. A bit of a bumper podcast. That's yeah, right, bad boy up. I thought we'd be done 20 minutes ago, to be honest. But fancy <laughs> football update. Lewis Fear is still top of the podcast Fancy Football League on 1,336 points. He's ahead of James Denman uh, by eight points, who's in second place. Steve is 211th out of 355th. So a slight drop there for you this week. Use my wild card. Now, yeah, yeah. straight after the Arsenal game, I use my wild card. Right. Rashford in, Nketiah in, 
Mudrick, is that how you say his name? Chelsea boy. Chelsea, he looked dangerous, didn't he, in that one? Bit. Cheapest. I'm not going to give away my trade secrets on a on a on a well listened no. to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that moves us on nicely then to the positives and the negatives uh, this week. So we've got two signings in the building this week as a positive. Uh, the away support, absolutely tremendous, Mega. nearly 1,400 uh, people, and uh, we're still top. Still a positive. As we record this very podcast, we are still top. I can't see... I I was saying this today to an Orient fan at my daughter's morning class. I don't think Stevenage will win on Tuesday night. I think it's a different mentality. They've got to go into this game with... And they've got a big FA Cup game on Saturday, which hopefully distracts them. So I'll do the negatives. First up, losing to Stevenage. More so, the performance. Really, really poor. Poorest performance of the season so far. Second negative, the gap from first to second is now only two points. So we might not be top coming out of Tuesday evening. And the last negative is Idris is sending off. He is suspended. And another one to add to the unavailable list. So three positives, three negatives. And we move on into the town and country Harlow, Hero of the Week. Which Absolutely, which we were quite unanimous yeah. about. Um, it can't be any of the playing staff this week. So... Town and Country Harlow Hero of the Week is the away fans. So well done to all the away fans, regardless of how long you stayed for. I've got to say, whether you stay to the last minute or leave 20 minutes early, whether you go to one away game of the season or you go to 23, everyone is an Orient fan. Can we please stop digging each other out? We have seen numerous examples of it on our timeline uh, over the last 24 hours. What Please be nice to each other. If people have all got different circumstances, I'm sure everyone would love to go to 46 games a season. Unfortunately, uh, there's a thing called family, money uh, and travel. Not everyone can do it. So please don't dig people out. Don't want to be seeing that. The word that you used, I think, was day trippers before we Not started. my word, but the word that has been banded around that I have seen people calling other people out. Come on, be nice to each other. Everyone wants the same thing for Orient, whether it's 10 of you on an away stand or whether there's 13... Hundred absolutely. Of you. So next week's fixtures. Then we've only got the one match this coming week. We're travelling to Prenton Park, the home of Tranmere Rovers, uh, on Saturday the twenty eighth. Uh, Tranmere didn't play yesterday because, like, seventy five percent of the games were called off. They're currently fifteenth in League Two in what is sure to be a very difficult game for us. Their last six, they've won two, drawn two, and lost two as well. So if you are going up to Tranmere, have a very safe journey, sing up, sing loudly, support the team as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. So don't forget, before we finish this one off, to get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Angler. You can give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or you can get in contact with the team at Carol Angley E4 or Essex Biz on Twitter, Instagram, Carol Angley Florist and on Facebook, at Carol Angley Florist. Yep, so that is it. Thank yep. you very much indeed for joining us for episode 307. Lots of talking points this week. So, uh, And also a day at the office really for us to forget as we lost to promotion rival Stevenage. You are now two points behind us with that game in hand. But we mustn't dwell on this result as we face a tough trip to Tranmere next week. The games do come thick and fast. A win will really help calm all the jittery nerves in the camp and amongst the fan base as well. Can we expect any new signings this week? Well, we'll see, and we're going to be back next week to discuss everything. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a win. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a decent signing or two. I think everyone will feel a little bit more relaxed and a little bit calmer. Yeah, I hope so. I think we've been you know, pretty critical um, today, but I think we've had to be. I think if we came out today done a po- a, an over-positive podcast, I think we would have been crucified. I don't think we would have been honest. So we have been uh, critical, but hopefully, you know. Yeah, and it, and it is in isolation because we are talking about game by game. Yeah, it's of not like we do one every five games or every yes, ten games yeah. and we can sit and review a period. Yeah. It's just That's just we do it as we see it. 
Um, would we like to be more positive? Yes, and there are there will be positives. We are still top. We have still got a good goal difference. We are still having a brilliant season by our usual standards, if you like, what you've come to expect from Orient. But because we've set ourselves quite high standards, the dial has moved forwards in terms of where our expectations are now. And knowing the quality of the personnel that we've got, we expect better. Yeah, look, love Richie Wellens, love the board. Absolutely. Love Leighton Orient. Still think we'll be uh, yeah. at Bradford City in May, drinking hand, celebrating a promotion. Yeah. Maybe not the championship, but let's just see. Let's just take it one game at a time and see where we're at. So hope, apologies that if this has been a difficult listen. Uh, but, you know, we call it as we see it. And obviously, we get so much engagement, it would be uh, not right not to mention all of it. So, if you're listening on iTunes, as normal, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating. If you're listening on SoundCloud, tune in or Stitcher, give us a follow. And if you listen on Spotify, don't forget to rate the show. This all works towards the analytics and algorithms of your favourite platforms and are really important for the podcast. You can also find us on all smart speakers on FanHub. Uh, so don't forget to listen at any point that you can do and don't forget to pass the pod very important big journey to Tranmere so if you're bored on the way up uh, recommend the podcast to anyone on a supports coach review or on a train review or anything like that so we mentioned it we are back next week episode 308 flying through the 300s Mr Levy mm. we'll have all the information and views that you could ever need and we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm stay safe have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.